This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Lisa McIntyre, a writer living in San Francisco with her dog, Toby. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. But speaking of mental health, help some real people with real problems... Uh, really improve their lives. Yes. Do you like that? I thought that worked. I think that's the plan. And the subject here was a clean start. My husband has serious depression with bad periods that can last for months. I've got ADHD, anxiety, and OCD. We're both in treatment, but our real problem is finding a sustainable division of chores. Normally, we have a balanced chore list that works great for us. But lately, my husband's been dealing with a bad bout of depression and isn't able to do much. I've been taking care of the cleaning and household duties for about two months now while he's trying to take care of himself and get out of this pit. He's asked recently if we could change the chore schedule because he feels guilty when I clean and he doesn't. I'm perfectly happy temporarily taking care of things because he's the kind of person who always shows up and participates equally when he's capable. He's just not there right now because he's sick. I know that won't last forever. I'm reluctant to change the schedule to accommodate him now though because he'd only be up for cleaning the bathroom once a month or leaving the laundry until there's almost nothing left to wear. I don't want to, like, trump his mental health issues with mine, but it would be more work and stress if we let everything get dirty until it's kind of an emergency rather than handling the chores on my own for a while. I've told him that this is part of how I'm loving and taking care of him through a tough time, so he has nothing to feel guilty for. And I also feel more comfortable in a clean environment. I'm not an extreme germaphobe. I just mean generally clean surfaces and things mostly put away. I do what I can to meet him in the middle, like offering verbal affirmation and trying to clean when he's asleep, but he still feels bad for not helping. I can compromise, but I won't shower in a dirty bathroom without towels because no one's doing the laundry. How can we accommodate each other? Well, shucks. I really loved this letter just because I like so often hear from people where it's like, I'm trying to deal with somebody who's just like, totally uninterested in meeting me halfway or it's just like always looking to get out of stuff. And that's, you know, that's one kind of problem. But it's really, it's nice to see, even though I I feel bad that they're in this situation, like two people who are like, we really both want to do our best. Um, Here's my limit. Here's your limit. They don't neatly line up right away. What do we do? Yeah. It is a welcome change of pace. I feel that maybe a good 25% of the content I consume on TikTok is just um, straight men being shitty content <laughs> um, and and wives basically explaining the kind of um, childlike behavior they have decided to tolerate from their feel, uh, worthless. Danny, it makes me feel very angry. Does it feel like a good use of your time? I'm in Frasier mode. Well. This is not what Frasier sounds like. Uh, I may have one precious life and this is how I'm choosing to spend it. Yeah. Is getting angry at strangers and then um, feeling somehow better about my own life choices because um, there is only one incompetent male in my household and he's a dog. 
So, you know. Listen, I am here for seeking out reasons to get angry um, and then eventually doing something else with my day. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, letter writer, now that we have established that you're not um, in, in TikTok husband villain category, um, the question that kind of is in front of you is, how do we as a team, you know, help figure out like, what are some good ways to deal with and manage the fact that my husband feels guilty that when he's depressed, he's not able to do as much? And then also, how do I kind of just stand my ground in terms of I'm willing to make lots of different compromises, but one of them's not going to be let the bathroom get real dirty? Because um, I think that's a really reasonable, good line to to draw. And I think for you to have said, uh, I'm not up for moving to a schedule where we just like both wait for you to fill up once a month to clean the bathroom. So, you know, I think that one of the things I would probably encourage you to do, letter writer, you say like, I I offer him verbal affirmations so he doesn't have to feel guilty. And I would just encourage you to slow that one down a little bit. And I would maybe go back and say like, here's what I have been doing because I think if I were feeling guilty, I would want to hear. And I'm just sort of curious when you feel guilty, is it because you feel like, you know, you can't really trust that I mean it when I say I'm happy to do this when you're like in the thick of it? Are you worried that like, I'm going to say I'm okay with it, but then three months in, I'm going to kind of turn on a dime and get mad at you? Are you worried about that? Have people done that to you in the past? Um, do you feel guilty in a way that like, when I reassure you, you feel better? Or do you feel like I'm just placating you and saying what you want to hear? Like, talk to me about what that guilt feels like. And again, like if he's depressed enough that he's like having a tough time getting out of bed or functioning, I, I don't imagine he's going to immediately like, you know, sit up, like rest his chin on his hands and say, thank you for asking. Uh, I've given it a lot of thought and I know exactly how my guilt functions. But he should be able, I think, hopefully with some like, you know, gentle prompting, um, be able to talk a little bit about like the source of some of the guilt, what his biggest fears are, what, if anything, kind of helps him in those moments. Because then I also would maybe say letter writer, I don't want you to feel like you always have to wait to do the cleaning until he's asleep. Like, I wonder if it would actually maybe just feel better for both of you if you could just kind of acknowledge and say, like, not only is this like an arrangement we sometimes resort to, this is a good arrangement we sometimes we resort to. It's one of the ways that we like love and care for each other. That's not about like everything has to be 50-50 now until the day we die or else I'm going to present you with a bill at the end of our marriage. That's like, you know, sometimes I did more on this. Like, this is not about nickel and diming each other. This is about saying when one of us is struggling, the other one is like willing to, to rebalance stuff so that it's not just like, oh, I do this, but I'm kind of ashamed or he's kind of ashamed and we don't acknowledge it. But to really say like when one of us is like critically depressed, the other one's going to do more laundry. And that's good. That's nice. That's, that's one of the reasons ideally that you say for sickness and in health because people always get sick eventually. Yeah. I love that that tactic of, um, you know, gentle curiosity um, when, you know, when it seems like it's as good a time as any. And I guess the other thing I'd say is, um, you know, I just wonder how much of the guilt is just a symptom of the depression. Mm -hmm. Like it, when you're in that kind of depressed state, you're kind of going to use any evidence against yourself. Yeah. So I think that, you know, even if this is a loving thing that your partner is doing, um, a lot of that depression logic is still going to say, I'm a failure. Now look what my look what my partner has to do for me. I'm so terrible for not being able to clean. Um, so I think 
you know, maybe that can also be a little bit of the conversation to say like, you know, things may, you know, you're in the trenches right now. And so things may feel worse or different than how I, the other person, am perceiving this. I'm not perceiving you as being slothful or... Trying to get away with something. Anything else that... Right, exactly. Like not pulling your weight. You know, you're you are someone who's experiencing a, a mental health crisis, and like this, your your partner understands and is trying to give you a gift. While also, I think importantly, I love the fact that this person also has their own boundaries as well, and I love that for them. Yes, I personally would also um, start to sever if um, my bathroom was looking real nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you can also talk about in this kind of conversation, like, would you feel better or worse? You know, think about it. If like, if I were doing a chore and you happen to be, you know, awake and like, if I were doing the laundry and if I were to like, you know, say like, Hey, I'm going to put most of the laundry away. If I hand you a couple of t-shirts, can you help me with the folding? Like, I'm sure some people would be like, Oh, I'd feel condescended too. Or like, that would feel, uh, you know, that, that wouldn't be right. But like, Sometimes it's just nice if you're doing the laundry and your partner's nearby to just ask for like a little bit of help. So it's just like kind of meeting him where he's at and also acknowledging that like, you know, when he can do a little, he'll do a little to help you. But I think that that will probably be a better compromise than like, can we, you know, bring down the number of times we clean the house in a given month um, so that it's more like, let's break down some of the other chores into smaller tasks and see how, you know, giving you a couple of smaller tasks during this time works out for us. Cause that way, sometimes it's easier when you feel like, well, it's not 50, 50, but like I'm in the mix, you know, like I'm out on the field coach put me in and I'm helping, I'm helping the star player like move down the field or whatever. Um, not that there's a star player. Sorry. I don't mean to be like the person without depression. They're the star. They're like, he's going through something really hard. (laughs) It's really difficult to like do a bunch of chores when like you wake up and you're like, oh, uh, like hideous rock blanket is over me and I wish for death. That's really fucking rough. Um, And so I I think, yeah, offering that as a potential additional solution. And again, just really stressing, like most of the time when you are not in the throes of depression, you and I have a great like balanced companionate, I mean that in the best sense, not like sexless, um, marriage where we take care of each other. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about us becoming a really like lopsided couple. I'm not like secretly building up resentments in the back of my mind that someday in a fight, I'm going to like leverage against you and say like, well, in, you know, October of 2022, you didn't do the dishes very much. Um, like this is really okay. This is really something that we can do for each other. Um, and I think that hopefully will go some way towards lifting his, his fear of, of that guilt. Yeah. And I also like that second gentle suggestion of just, you know, doing little things together. If that feels, you know, if that feels right for you too. I can, I could see it going in the condescending route or maybe it's just like, yeah, we're, we're both, we're watching TV, got some cartoons on, doing a little laundry. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love an update on this one. So let us know um, what, if anything, you guys do end up talking about and how that goes. Um, I would love to hear an update. And I hope that your husband continues to get really good treatment and that some of this depression lifts. Um, That's really rough. Lisa, before I send you away, do you want to hear a really quick, uh, it's not a follow-up from a letter writer, but it's someone with a question about a past letter. Are you around for that? Are you available? I absolutely am. Fantastic. So this this letter came in 
in reference to the Dangerous Liaisons uh, letters. This was back in the summer, uh, the Louisa Beck episode. And Dangerous Liaisons was like, this person was having an affair with one of her colleagues at work. And then his wife started showing up and like acting like, oh, you and me are going to be besties letter writer. Like, let's have girl time. Let's go to coffee. And um, so that that was the scenario. And the letter writer's like, what do I do? Ooh, yeah. Okay. So now I wa- I'm invested. Yeah. I want to know what happened. Sadly, no, no update yet from that person, but there is an update from a listener. Okay. I just listened to the Dangerous Liaisons episode and was a bit surprised that you didn't suggest the option of her just ending the affair. You talked about the affair as if it was a given and couldn't be questioned. This suggests you take infidelity lightly. I'm not sure that's the best approach. I feel so accused. Like, I accuse you of having a light character. Um, I hear you, letter writer. If memory serves, I feel like uh, my primary thought on that front was if you're sleeping with your colleague and his wife is showing up and sniffing around and that has not led you in the direction of I'm going to like at the very least wait until the smoke clears and stop sleeping with him it is unlikely that a stranger saying like you really should stop sleeping with him is going to do much um right but yeah sure it's definitely worth saying like I, I don't know it felt pretty clear like this letter writer got herself in a really messy situation and probably already knew that one of the ways she could have prevented it was not sleeping with her colleague. I guess I thought it maybe almost went without saying, and this listener feels like it should be said. That seems not unreasonable. I I guess I just think like, man, if that were me, and I I were for whatever reason, like already in that position, which I think is unlikely, but like if I were, and then that person's partner started showing up, I would definitely... I would would stop. And anyone who doesn't stop and is like, what do I do about this lady who keeps wanting to get our nails done together? Is like, (laughs) she's pretty determined. She's really interested in sleeping with this guy. Well, Danny, my response is Jacques. I just, you know. Jacques, you of taking... Taking infidelity too lightly. I think she's being punished. How dare you? You know what I mean? Like, she's she's going through it. She has to, like, this feels like an Edgar Allan Poe punishment where, like, the wife is following her right. around demanding to be besties. And and again, like, I, my, I think my read on the situation was I think the wife totally knows and is trying to make you feel terrible by befriending you. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, I, I don't think, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I certainly don't think that I put, like, infidelity in the sort of same moral category as some straight people. That's not to say that I think it's like a good or a fun or a kind thing to do, but it's not the same sort of like operatic, like this is the one big violation you're allowed to get really, really mad at. Um, and you're not allowed to get mad at heterosexuality at all other times. But once infidelity is on the table, you're allowed to like lose your shit. Um, I actually think that's kind of like a damaging mindset. So in that sense, I think that's probably a fair accusation. I think in, in some ways I do take infidelity a little bit lightly. Um, not in the sense that hurting people doesn't matter, but in terms of scale, I think there's lots and lots and lots of other ways that um, people in relationships can hurt and lie to um, and mislead one another that sometimes get swept under the rug in favor of, did you have an affair or did you not have an affair? And, you know, I just, as 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 always, you often just like, if you if you mess around with a person at work, sometimes you you find out how messy that can be and that's more effective than somebody else saying you really shouldn't have done that. Sure. Uh, the the kids even have a phrase for it. It's called fucking around and finding out. Um, and you found out with the 
the ghost of affairs present. Yeah. And that ghost is now haunting your workplace. Uh, And maybe you deserve that. I can't imagine something more uncomfortable than the wife of the guy I'm sleeping with (laughs) at work is showing up at our work and asking me to hang out. And no one has been like, hey, this is a business. You can't be here. Like, they're all just like, you deserve this. Like, that would be (laughs) hellish. That's so, so awful to contemplate. And that poor letter writer had to live it. So, uh, you know, if you did, by the way, write in in Dangerous Liaisons, or if you were the wife in question and you started hanging out at your husband's workplace befriending the lady you suspected him of sleeping with, please write in and tell me how you're doing. I also want to know what the workplace is because immediately I started imagining this in a in a school, kind of like in a Tom Parada novel. Okay. I don't know why yeah. I went there just for like dramatic. I don't know. It, sound, it just sounds more dramatic in my mind. I think I um, had imagined that it might have been like food service, hospitality, just because that's like the industry that I think of when I think of like people cheating on each other. That's so like oh, and like and like oftentimes it's easier to go like hang out when like your boyfriend works at like a restaurant if it's a really messy. I mean, emotionally messy, not like physically messy place. Oh, that's true. Plus, you've got the hours that are weird. And if you stay out late, yeah. But it could have been just like an office park. (laughs) She could have just like, I don't know, grabbed one of his key cards and left herself in. And it's like, let's go down to the calf. Yeah. Uh, I like it. It's kind of, um, you know, a little Rorschach test to see where we see infidelity. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me too. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today on Big Mood, Little Mood, where we're light on infidelity, heavy on flavor. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>